That was awesome. We had a, an awesome extended set today. It's just amazing to see these wonderful musicians and, and the hands that they bring and the gifts that they've been brought to share um, with us all and lead us. So I just, I thank you guys so much for, for starting us off today and, and really just bringing our hearts soft. That's really the only way that I can, I can think about describing that right now. So I mentioned at the beginning today that we were going to be having a time of extended worship and and sometimes I just want to unpack what that means and what, what worship actually is and refresh ourselves that it's not just the musical set that we went through, but it's, it's actually all throughout our lives. It's the actions of our days as we give them to God, as we recognize His authority in our lives and we give those moments to God and then as we sit and pray and, and worship Him as well. And as I mentioned, that's what we're going to be walking through as we talk about prayer, one of the things that, that we use, uh, I'll give you a hint, we use it downstairs. So hopefully it sounds familiar to some of our younger folks and maybe those parents as well. Um, but it's this, this model called ACTS and it walks you through adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So there's this really neat attitude that brings us to all of these areas and not just in prayer is where we're going to encourage ourselves to expand today, is throughout our lives. So as we listen to these testimonies and how alive the kingdom of God is in these folks' life, I want you to just think about the context of these, of this adoration and confession and thanksgiving and supplication, walking out not just in prayer life, but also in our day-to-day -day life as well. So with that, uh, I'm just going to be brief today because I want you guys to hear um, just some awesome stories of what God's doing. I'm going to welcome Allison up to the stage. So if you guys would give her uh, a warm welcome. She has some. There you go. Man, um, Tom, you started out so, I, I, there, it's going to be inevitable. Uh, I hope that I cry like you just cried because... Um, those songs just stirred up a little bit more of a thought than uh, what I had originally written, written down. But it is, I'm going to stick with what I had originally written down. So I just want to start by saying, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear the words of Revelation 19.1. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Um, much of my life over the past 12 years, by the power of God, has been about proclaiming his gospel to everyone that I meet on my college campus and learning how to do that uh, with my own family and children and in every church that I've been a part of, trying to help people be confident and competent in proclaiming that same gospel that we all know from, from scripture. And I uh, was just thinking during these songs, I just, I desperately want all people to follow God and fish for people, just as we read in Mark 1, 17, as Jesus was calling his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men and stop <laughs> right there. I have really reflected on that second part and I've been praying for so many of you by name that Jesus, God himself, is the only one that can make us fishers of men. I cannot make any of you follow God or fish for people. God is the one that has the power to do that and gets the glory from doing that, from saving people and from helping people mature all the way to, to heaven with him. And, and how amazing that that verse, Revelation 19.1, starts with this word, hallelujah. I said it without that, but 
as much as I feel like, man, I want to save people, I want to save my neighbors, I want to save my children, I want to save my extended family, that verse begins with hallelujah because it is a thing to rejoice about that God alone has the power to save, gets the glory from saving because he, he is God. He is the I am and he used someone like Moses who was not eloquent in speech and had a stutter to save his people out of Israel because God got the glory. It was clear that Moses was not the one that was the one doing it. It was God working through Moses. So I want to reiterate, too, uh, as I've been reflecting on Revelation 19.1 and reflecting on Jesus' call to his disciples in Mark and even in Ephesians 2, which I'll share in just a moment, uh, I want to remember, too, we do have a great responsibility as followers of Jesus to proclaim. We have a great responsibility as parents to share, to, to talk about who God is and what he's done with our kids. And we have a responsibility to, to share with whoever we are around, to uh, be ready to give an account for the hope that we have in God. And even we have a responsibility as members of this body, of, of this amazing body. Like, how amazing was it to sing with you guys today? We, we have, you know, as we multiplied, as we started this new church plant in, in Carroll County, I'm just so, I'm, in so, I'm so encouraged by this half of a room of people that are gathered together to not just sing together, but to help one another, to sharpen each other, to mature all the way, to mature in Christ. We have a responsibility to do that. But salvation and glory and power belong to God. And we do not have the power to change minds or to soften hearts or to save souls or prick hearts or open eyes. And I, it's, it's cause for great rejoicing that we don't have that power. So I'm going to end with one specific story from our decision about what to do for schooling for Natalie the next year. I grew up K through 12 in public school, had never met a homeschooler in my life until I met James and his family, basically, when I went to church, a, a, a new church in, in, um, at NC State. And, and I love homeschooling. We've gotten to homeschool Natalie for her kindergarten year. And there's just been this huge desire in my heart still to, to, to go to Carrolltown Elementary, our local public school. But I've just wrestled in my heart so much thinking, what am I sending her into? Um, I, I want her to know God as the authority, as, as the creator of the universe, and, and all these things that I know she's not going to hear from her classroom because she, she can't. And, and that's, that's just okay. But I've been so encouraged by Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, and many of you may know it by heart, that for it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And this is not of ourselves. This is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Actually, that's just verses 8 and 9. And I've been so encouraged in thinking about schooling that, well, first of all, for myself, it is by grace that I have been saved through faith. And that is going to be true for each one of my children, should God give them the faith to believe in him or any of my neighbors, it is going to be by grace that they are saved through faith, not by grace that they are saved through homeschooling, not by grace that they are even saved through public schooling, or not by grace that they have been saved through whatever work you want to fill that in with. So I don't know where each of you guys are right now with what work you may just feel sick in your stomach about just thinking, if I don't do this, then this will not happen. And I just beg you to go to God and pray and desperately plead for his power 
and for his glory to be proclaimed in, in your children's lives or in your own life or in your neighbors or in your family. It has radically changed that sinking and sick feeling that I've literally had in my gut, like IBS symptoms from feeling sick over the salvation of my kids or the decisions in my life to be able to point them to God. God has freed me to remember that salvation and glory and power belong to him. Hallelujah. So I will just pray that for you really quick too. Um, Lord, I do. God, we, we praise you that salvation and glory and power belong to you. I can't say it enough. And um, Lord, thank you that it is by grace that we are saved through faith that you alone can give, that you alone gave us the faith to believe in you and that you alone can give that same faith to our children or to our neighbors or to our extended family, even our immediate family. God, would you be glorified? Would you get all the glory in our lives? And would that just cause us to be free to, to obey you, Lord, knowing that it is not something that we are earning and not something that we are trying to do as a work for our, the people that you've put in our oikos, in our, in our, in our path. Um, Lord, it belongs to you. And God, just help us to rejoice in that. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Allison. It's really neat to see how when we, when we put a call out for people to share, it's really been quite encouraging to see not just who has stepped up to say that I have something really awesome to share, but just how they just tell these awesome stories of our awesome God. And so it's just, it just weaves from one to another. And so Allison speaking about salvation and how she is just encouraged to reach out, but find freedom in, in just the, the power of God to, to give that salvation. And, and um, so with that call, I, we have Jeff here also with us this morning, and, and he's just going to talk with us some about how he's just been, I think, just doing an awesome job of, of responding to kind of the same thing that, that Allison was talking about, and it's just neat to hear a slightly different story from Jeff, and thank you, brother. I'm excited to, to have you share for us. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, when David asked me to share about Thanksgiving, um, I actually really thought it would kind of fit because um, I started this year kind of with an, with an attitude of gratitude um, uh, in a way and just kind of thinking about what am I thankful for and just that idea of hallowed be thy name and God you are the author and creator of all things and I am so thankful for everything that you have provided for me and given to me. One of the things that I'm, I've been thankful for is my uh, coworkers, and I've actually been able to find some coworkers that are believers and I wanted to talk about three of them in particular, uh, Miss Annette, uh, Miss Brenda and Prince. I've kind of got different relationships with each one. Annette, I've known for about 18 years, basically my entire career. And I've known that she's, she's a Christian my entire career. And she's always been somebody that I can go to to talk to about life. You know, you know the things that we do at work are important, but I think even greater are what are you dealing with in, in life? You know, what are some of the things you're struggling with, you're challenged with? And something that she said to me recently that really struck me is she said, you know, God has placed me here for you all and for my coworkers. And it's not just for helping with the work things, but more importantly, it's to help with the things that we're struggling, we're going through. What can I pray for um, about and what can I help you with? And that's something that's really been encouraging to me. And just the interactions that I've had with her uh, over the years and just the conversations have been so much deeper than some of the conversations with my other coworkers. 
And um, even recently, I was talking with her and Ms. Brenda up front, and they're both in admin roles. And the president of our company actually sent out an email a few weeks ago and said, you know, I'm just sending an email because this is Admin Appreciation Day. I went up and talked to both of them. I said, I just want to say it in person. You know, I'm, I appreciate everything that you all do. You know, we don't need a specific day to say thank you or say that we appreciate you. And Annette actually stopped me and said, you, know, you need to stop because I can't, just, she just couldn't. She's actually really upset. And she said, you know, I've been with the company over 30 years, and my bosses, the president, everybody within a company has never done anything like this. So why are they going to start doing this now? And she just walked back to her desk, and Ms. Brenner's like, well, you know, it's, it's really nice of you. Like, it's good that you express yourself. It's important to express yourself. So I kind of just let her go back to her desk and kind of, you know, let, let that pass a little bit. And then later in the day, I went and talked to her, and I said, you know, and, and what she's done for me so many times is to say, you know what, they may not recognize you. They may not want to say they appreciate you all the time, but we know a God that loves us, appreciates us, sees us, and that's what matters. And she's like, you know what, that's, that's, you're right. It's, it's those types of interactions that, that I'm really thankful for um, and th that she has helped me throughout the years. And with, with her and I, we actually do like a high five in the morning because she says, you know, you're, are you fantastic today? Or, you know, if I don't have a smile on my face, she's like, if you don't have a smile before you leave, you're going to have a smile on your face. And um, I think about the idea of spreading joy. And that, that's what I think about when I think about Annette. She likes to spread joy. And then Miss Brenda is somebody that I've really only known for about six months. And one of the first conversations I had with her, she mentioned Priscilla Shire. And she said, you know, you know, this is somebody that I like to, to listen to and how she teaches and preaches. And I said, that's really cool. And, you know, that's awesome that you do that. And, you know, that, that has kind of led to a lot of, of really cool conversations with her. And she's told me about her grandkids. She told me about how she um, has, you know, her grandkids were preemies and that they have um, struggled with some health uh, issues, and I was able to encourage her with uh, some of the stories in, in our lives, in Amber and I's lives, with our um, nephew being premature and our niece, who went through a lot of health issues when she was born. And Brenda was you know, telling me, that she goes, I really believe in God's miracles. And I said, you know, that's absolutely right. And, you know, just a few other things about my kids and how, you know, Silas went through a bunch of health issues when he was younger before he was two, and, you know, God helps us to deal with some of the things that we go through, and we kind of get out the other side because of God's grace, and, um, you know, she really, has, she's really opened up and, and shared a lot with me, you know, that we'll have a conversation, and we're like, hey, can I share this uh, thing about um, what I was thinking about this morning when I was praying, and, you know, it's really cool to, to encourage one another, um, that's, that's another thing that we're able to do together, too, which is really neat. Prince is a relatively new guy. He's uh, probably about 22 years old, and we were talking with another coworker, and he just mentioned how he was, you know, he bought a house and all these other things that he's been doing. And I said, man, I was like, that's pretty awesome. And he goes, yeah, I really thank my Lord and Savior for everything I have. And I said, yeah, man, I was like, that's so cool. And I just, it just kind of sat in my head, and I saw him in the elevator, and, you know, I said, hey, Prince, I heard you say Lord and Savior the other day. You know, I feel like you mean that to be Jesus. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was, it was nice to have that type of conversation with him. And, and, I, and I said, you know, one of the things that he said to me that really struck me was, you know, I'm no different in my personal life at home than I am here at work. I'm going to, 
you know, say what I believe in, say who I believe in. And I said, that's, that's awesome. Like, that was an encouraging thought is to remember that we're no different uh, regardless of who we're around. We were setting up some lunch uh, for the whole office for, for Chick-fil-A, and I was running back and forth, you know, helping um, everybody with everything, and Annette was having a tough day. So I went and got her a plate of food and I brought it upstairs. And I think Prince saw it and somebody said something and then he goes, well, you know, I'm just trying to follow Jeff's example. And I said, man, that's like the best compliment that somebody can give to me here. Like, I was, I was like, that made my day. So I think just, just the, um, just kind of the idea of trying to seek people at work that have the same mentality that I do has been something that I've been encouraged with and thankful for. And just asking God to give me those ears to listen and eyes to see where he's working and just open up those doors and those types of conversations because, I mean, it really does make a difference for me when I do have those types of conversations with, you know, Annette, Brenda, and even Prince, and, and that just really brightens the day. When you have a long day, you can encourage one another and, and know that we've got the same thought, the same drive, and it's about, it's about the cross. It's not about... You know, the, the things that we do at work are important, but more importantly, the cross is, is far more important, and we have an internal perspective. One of the things that I wanted to close with that I read a couple weeks ago, uh, something that, that really kind of just hit on this point is walking with purpose is for every person in every sphere of life. Mothers, fathers, business people, uh, retail workers, students, anyone and everyone this purpose, your purpose, is to represent Jesus to the world. Allow people to see him when they look at the way you talk, the way you walk, the way that you live, the way that you speak and love people. Let them encounter Jesus when they interact with you. In word or deed, do it all in the representation and name of Jesus, like an ambassador of heaven, because this is who you are. This way of life in Jesus is not boring or dull, but vibrant and joyful. Thank you. It's just awesome to hear that you know, God is not only meeting and talking with Allison about the school situation, but Jeff at work, and, and Jose has an awesome story to share in a minute for you about, about God meeting uh, the needs uh, that he has with neighbors and just how he's been interacting with them. So it's just awesome. Just join us. Jose, welcome. Come on up. I am Jose Martinez, and as you can see, I'm the oldest guy here. My technology is paper and books, so, and my brain is not as smart, sharp anymore, so I may have to read some of this. But God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. God is good. Amen. So I have a question for you. Isn't the God that we serve a great God? Isn't the God that we pray to faithful? Isn't the God that we worship worthy? Isn't the God that we love a God of miracles? If you don't believe that, you just go to the mountaintop on a clear night and look up to the skies. The heavens declare the glory of God. That's a miracle. Or you go into the deep ocean blue and watch a whale swim, a huge whale, seemingly effortlessly swimming singing an underwater song that can be heard by miles. And he breaches over the water surface and reveals the majesty of God. That's a miracle. Or look at the babies in your arms. 
You can count their toes, their fingers. You can see the bubble that she makes in her mouth while she's sleeping. That's a miracle. The next question I have for you is, is God a God of small miracles? He's so big. He's so great. I think not. And I'll tell you a story. This happened last Monday. I was working in the yard all afternoon. You know, I took my shower when I finished, cooked dinner for Mima, that's my mother-in-law, for me. We sat to dinner, and as soon as we were finishing dinner, the phone rang. And the ID, caller ID told me that it was a coworker from a prior office. Now, actually, I didn't tell her that I was gonna talk about her, so I'm gonna use a different name. I'm gonna call her Ana Maria Petunia Guadalupe Fiona Margarita Isabel de las Flores. <laughs> <clears throat> So, she told me that she had had an accident, a car accident after work, and she had lost her keys and she thought they were in the crash site. She was asking me for a ride to take her there. Now, Brenda, my wife, she was working late that evening, so I didn't have to pick her up on the metro until nine. So I said, sure, I'll do it. This was about six o'clock. On the way down, she filled me in with the details. She said that she left work early, around noon, and when she took the regular road that she takes to go home, they had construction on the roads, and the roads were blocked. So she had to detour into the neighborhood that she wasn't familiar with. And in one of the intersections that she was crossing, a car came from the left, hit her, and in her own words, she was saying she saw the car flip in the air three times. And she was so scared, she was sure that someone had died or been very badly hurt. But in the other car, all the airbags deployed, front airbags, side airbags, roof airbags, whatever. And all the, the two women that were in the car were able to walk out of the car. Anyway, she was so scared the whole time. The police came. This police woman stayed with her for two hours while her father drove from Laurel after picking up her phone that she had left at home that morning. Because in her phone, that's where she had the driver's license and the insurance card. Now, why did it take two hours? Because the dad is 87, he doesn't know how to drive in DC, he got lost, he was driving all over the capital. They have a policeman find him and escort him to the crash site because they couldn't work the GPS in the phone. So then we get to the crash site. We start looking around on the ground because she had sat at the curb where the keys would be. I didn't tell her that on the way down, I was praying that Jesus would help us find the keys so I could point, him, point her to him and said, he's a God that answers prayers. But we looked on the curb and the gutter and the ditch all around. When we were ready to give up the search, I looked to the right, and there they were. Not on the ground. They were on the pedestal of a lamppost where the base connects to the pedestal. And I was, I mean, I just felt like, Jesus answers prayers. I mean, I could tell her that Jesus answered prayers. I, I was so teary-eyed, I could hardly speak. So on the way back, I'm all excited about it. She's telling me that she feels so overwhelmed with everything that is going on in her life. She has problems at work. 
but they're trying to get rid of her. That's where I worked before. She has health issues for the first time in her life that involves surgeries, tests, instruments, and now the car accident. But I just took that to say, you know, God loves you. God knows everything that is going on in your life. And he's using all of these circumstances and situations to draw you to him. So you rely on him rather than relying on yourself. By the time we got to her house in Laurel, I asked her, can I pray? We've done that before when we get together for lunch or something. So I prayed. She said yes. So I prayed that I thank God for always being there, keeping an eye over her. I thank Jesus for coming down to earth and dying on the cross for us. I praise him that he rose again from the dead and proving that he was God. And I pray that God would draw her to himself. You know, I thought that's what we always do. We just pray and you know, I go up away. No, she actually was holding my hands and she prayed. She prayed, thanking God that nobody got killed, thanking God that he was there. Uh, <clears throat> my faith was strengthened through all of that. Now, can you tell me is there a miracle in that story? Well, let's go back and say. First of all, she called at the right time. If she had called when I was working outside, taking a shower, cooking, because I don't answer the phone if I'm cooking, or eating, because I don't answer the phone if I'm eating, I would have not gotten the message for two days. It would have been too late. What else? I did take the call. If you, those people who know me know that we don't answer the phone at home. <laughs> we get too many spam calls. But was that a miracle, or was that just a nudging of the Holy Spirit? to say, take that call instead of having dessert. So what else? We found the keys after six hours since the crash happened. That is a miracle. And not only that, someone had found the keys on the ground, squished by the traffic, and put them at the pedestal at the base of the lamppost where they thought it was easier to be found. That's a miracle in preparation for a miracle. Um, the people in the other car where the airbags deployed were not hurt. That is a miracle. You know, the, as I said, she had the medical issues. She has to wear an instrument, something on her chest. And she told me that if that had broken, she would be dead. But her airbag didn't deploy and she wasn't hurt. That is a miracle. She listened as I pointed to God in all of the circumstances that she's living through. And she agreed, you know, that God was good. And even though we were interrupted by a friend that called her on her phone, I was able to return the conversation back to see where God is calling you. That's a miracle. The fact that she called me instead of calling that friend, that was a miracle. She allowed me to pray. That's even more of a miracle that she prayed along. Now, granted, she didn't pray uh, a prayer of saving grace, saving faith, but she's getting closer. That was a, a seed that has been planted, has been watered. 
Now, each one of these little events appears small. Some people may say that they're just insignificant. But together, they form, they're part of God's larger plan of redeeming the world to himself. What is a miracle? A miracle is a display of God's majesty that leads people to believe in him. In John 5, 17, Jesus said, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. But right now we have the Holy Spirit of God in us, and he's working in us and through us to reveal his majesty. So I have to change my previous answer. Yes, my God is a God of small, everyday miracles. You see the little hummingbird that is flying in a spot in midair while it's feeding from that flower. Or the lilies of the field with all the magnificent colors, you know, bright, dark, pastel colors. All of them reveal the glory of God. Answering the phone call, finding the keys, all of that is for the glory of God. Now, you may not call them miracles, but you have to see that God's hand is involved in all the aspects of our lives. He brings and works all circumstances to bring himself glory. He is the one true living God that is involved in every area of our life. So we can come to him like Alison was saying, we can come to him with confidence in our adoration, in our confession, in our thanksgiving, in, in our supplication. All of these small, everyday miracles, and I have to admit, sometimes we take those for granted. They all declare the glory of the Lord. This is a reminder that he loves us so much that he sent his son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And what a way to demonstrate his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of God above all the rulers and authorities and powers and dominions. And he, Jesus, intercedes for us. So this God of miracles has called each one of us to be his child by believing in his name to love justice and work humbly with him. In my life, yes, he pulled me out of darkness into his glorious light. He changed my life from a sinner. He called me a saint. And he does that for all of us. A love like this requires a response. So my response is to love him back and to tell others about how great is our God. How awesome is his power? How majestic is his love? How amazing is his grace? And that he's there working through miracles, big and small, just to reveal himself to us in those even small miracles if we only had our, the eyes of our heart open to see him. So with that, I'll pray. Please. Okay. Father God, we just... Lift your name on high. We praise you. We worship you. You are an amazing God. 
the creator of the universe, the one almighty true God, and you love us, and you're involved in our lives, our daily lives. Help us to see you, to respond to that love, to tell others about that love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just a, a ball of mixed emotions, and I'm maybe you guys are too right now, and, and um, want to take a couple of moments now here and, and just take this individually. Take the encouragement, the stirring that's been going on with all of these awesome stories of the kingdom of God so alive and so throughout us, and we're now going to, just going to take this time, and I'm going to share a, a reading with you guys I just really encourage you guys to take your own time right now and walk through these acts of the kingdom of God and just do that with yourself or with, with your family that you have the small ones here. Uh, help them with that. And Jose, I think it's awesome. Uh, as he closed about thanking God for what he's done, I wanted to read this to you this morning as we think about entering into communion. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is for the blood that makes atonement for the souls. It's from Leviticus 17.11. And it is awesome that throughout the whole, it is weaved throughout the whole story of what God has done for us. Whether we're talking about in the Old Testament and the New Testament or in our lives right now of how he's given the blood for atonement for us. And so we're going to um, play some music so that you guys can just get focused with God. I welcome you at your own convenience uh, over the next couple of minutes to come up, take communion. If you want to read through or as you want to take communion, 1 Corinthians 11 verses 23 and 20, 23 through 26 will walk you through that. Just spend a couple of moments with God right now.
For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father God, we, we do that today. We proclaim your death. We do so and we recognize, God, the salvation that is poured out as a result. God, we thank you for the fact that that salvation is freely given to us, God, and we, we receive it this morning. God, and we, as we receive it, God, we proclaim it not just here in this hall, God, but we proclaim it with our, our lives as we heard today, God. We thank you for just how awesome and magnificent you are, God, to, to move and tremble a mountain, God, or to, God, to work everyday miracles. God, and we acknowledge your presence throughout our life, God, that, that we receive and look to it for, for everything. God, and we give you the glory and the worship, God, that you so rightfully deserve. And we ask that, God, you keep our hearts near to you and that we encourage each other, God, not just during this service today, but throughout our lives. Amen.